Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars, a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. Hopefully your guys' week is all off to a great start. Halfway to the weekend, weather here along the Wasatch Front in Utah, still spectacular. Supposed to be some bad weather this weekend, but enjoy it while it lasts. We're sitting in the 80s. It's been great to get out and golf. Got myself a little bit sunburned yesterday out on the golf course, but I don't mind that one bit if I'm actually out there on the links. But a lot to get to on today's show like normal. We're going to talk about some news that affects the NCAA in terms of at the national level and how it might filter down to BYU with news that the the NCAA is exploring compensation for names, likeness, etc. for student-athletes. We'll talk about that here in this first segment. Second segment of the show, need to talk a little bit about BYU and the NCAA's academic or APR scores, so the academic progress rating scores that BYU football is very low rated this year in particular in those rankings. We'll talk about that and what may be affecting it and how BYU may be able to rectify that. And then, of course, run down everything else going on in BYU sports. BYU baseball picking up a big win over rival Utah last night. Also, big awards handed out for BYU softball as well. We'll run all that down for you on today's podcast. Uh, Today's podcast brought to you by Insert Your Company Name Here. If you'd like to be a sponsor of this show, we'd love to have you guys on board. We're just over 100 days away from college football season. It's going to be a fun summer as we gear up. It's rivalry week all summer. Rivalry week all summer long. Excuse me. I have a hard time saying rivalry, apparently, this morning. But... A lot to get to this summer, and if you want to be a part of this podcast, we'd love to have you on board. Please email us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. And a reminder for you guys, when you get in your car, make sure to download this podcast, subscribe, rate, and review, but tell tell your smart device when you get in your car. Play podcast Locked On Cougars. That way you always stay up to date. All right, let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for May 15th, 2019. All right, guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's a blast to bring the show to you guys each and every day. And we got some welcome news yesterday at the NCAA level yesterday. NCAA President uh, Mark Emmert, along with the NCAA's Board of Governors, announced that the NCAA is going to form a working group to consider how its rules can be modified to allow college athletes to be compensated for use of their names, images, and likenesses. So essentially, uh, private companies could go out, if this were to go through some legislation were, were to pass by the NCAA, Private companies could pay student-athletes to endorse products, uh, put their name to things, etc. So it's kind of what the – it's essentially what the Olympic amateur model is. Because the Olympics, you're allowed to compete in the Olympics, but you ha- you cannot be paid professionally by a team. I know that basketball is a little bit different, but most of the sports, you can't be paid by a team, etc. You can't be paid by your country, but you can be sponsored by uh, – private companies uh, so a lot of training companies nike adidas all those asics they all have athletes that pl- that run or compete for them under their company brand but they compete in the olympics wearing that company's brand so it's a very interesting model and it's a welcome um nod that the NCAA is finally actually listening to what's going on. Uh, They had that whole big trial over the basketball situation with players being paid under the table and it appears that 
essentially nothing's going to come out of it, and that's kind of disappointing because the the word from the NCAA is it's going to we're going to expose things. We're going to we're going to make sure that the seedy underbelly. Okay, bunch of malarkey there, but I do like what the NCAA is doing here. So uh, Mark Emmert and the Board of Governors announced yesterday, Tuesday, that the Big East Commissioner Val Ackerman and Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith will head the new federal and state legislation working group. Uh, quote here from the NCAA says this group will bring together diverse opinions from membership from presidents and commissioners to student athletes that will examine the NCAA's position on name, image, and likeness benefits and potentially propose rule modifications tethered to education. That comes from Val Ackerman in a statement from the NCAA. I think this is the right way to go about it for the for the NCAA because it doesn't make it that you, according to Title IX regulations, you have to pay all athletes. The NCAA is very clear this is not going to be the NCAA or schools in the NCAA paying student athletes. It would be private companies choosing which athletes they would like to endorse their products. So if you're playing softball, and I, I've got a wife who played collegiate softball, it's safe to say, I would imagine that most uh, private companies are not going to pick up a star softball player to endorse their products unless they are a company that's dedicated to softball. In the So to bring this home to BYU, we're talking about if legislation like this were to pass, a guy like Zach Wilson could go out and endorse a product here locally or even nationally if some team, or a, uh, not a team, a company nationally wanted him to endorse their product and he could be compensated for that. I think it's the right way to go about it. There's been a lot of talk about the NCAA should be forced to pay athletes with the billions and billions of dollars that they rake in off of TV revenue, the conferences, the schools, etc. And Student athletes deserve a cut, plain and simple. They deserve a cut some way, and I think this is the easiest way to do it because it's a market system. If you are a quarterback, you're a star quarterback in the in the in the vein of a Zach Wilson here locally, a Tyler Huntley up at Utah. Nationally, you look at guys like Kyler Murray, Tim Tebow, way back when. Companies will pay those guys to endorse their products, and they'll be reward, rewarded for that. Uh, this is still a long ways from actually happening, but I am in full favor of this happening. I feel like the NCAA is finally waking up and realizing, hey, we've got to change our perception a little bit. Uh, this final report from this working group is due to the Board of Governors in October. Uh, currently, the NCAA forbids athletes in most circumstances from receiving benefits or compensation for use of their names, images, and likenesses from a school or an outside source. For example, college athletes cannot take part in commercial advertising or sign autographs for money, which notably, of course, Johnny Manziel, former Texas A&M quarterback and Heisman Trophy winner, he got into the trouble with the NCAA for signing autographs in 2013. I think he missed all of one half of a football game, but I think this is the right way to go about it uh, for the NCAA, their member institutions, and the student athletes involved. I like this because also, and this is just me um, talking about this because I miss this game, NCAA football, the EA Sports franchise, went away after their 2014 edition. It's been a long time coming. I think this is the sixth edition that's been missed. If legislation like this were to go down, EA Sports uh, could compensate guys based on the revenue they receive from that franchise and re um, resurrect that that video game franchise, I'd be in full favor of that. I understand if you were going to do that for EA Sports, they'd have to pay a lot more guys for the name, image, and likeness, but if you want to pay certain guys and then just have generic names for other players in that system, I could see that happening. It probably would get 
challenged in court once again because players would, well, that's me. Okay, whatever. But getting back to my original point, I'm glad the NCAA is sitting up and saying, hey, we have an image problem. We need to fix this. This allows a free market society, and we like to tout that as Americans here in the United States of America, that athletes should be compensated for whoever wants to compensate them. Student athletes, some of them have bigger names than others, star basketball players, star football players, much more marketable than, say, a guy on the cross-country team or on the tennis team. And that's, that's not to denigrate the athlete competing in their various sports. Don't get me wrong there. I'm just saying in a free market society, Zach Wilson is going to be exponentially more marketable. He's going to be compensated much higher than some guy who was a walk-on with the BYU track and field team. And... It's just it's a free market society, and I hope the NCAA does pass legislation that allows these student athletes to be compensated for their likeness, image, or name. I also don't want to see the NCAA, if they do pass this, put a limit on how much you can be compensated. That should not be the case. It should be whatever the market dictates, that's what you get. If Kyler Murray, for example, Heisman Trophy winner, lit the world on fire last year, if a national brand, let's say a car brand, etc., wanted to endorse him, he should not be limited to, you get this much money. The NCAA is raking in billions of dollars for their member institutions via TV rights, broadcast rights. The NCAA men's basketball tournament brings in massive amounts of money. They're bringing in billions. You cannot limit these student athletes and how much they can receive. That's just my take. I believe that if you're going to pass this legislation, you swing that door wide open and say, guess what? It's free market. If you can get money for your name, image, or likeness, go for it. We are not capping how much you can get. The NCAA should not be able to say, okay, yes, you can be compensated, but only up to this certain amount. You throw that door open as the NCAA and allow the market to dictate how much these guys get. I think it's the right way to go about it. I applaud the NCAA for even considering this notion because for a long time it felt like there were it was the calls for this were falling on deaf ears. I'm glad the NCAA is sitting up straight and saying, hey, we need to fix our image a little bit, and they are going to let this uh, working group work on that. I'm excited to see what comes out of it with that final report coming up in October. I'll be tracking this with great interest, and we'll bring you updates on this this podcast because it does relate to BYU because I think a lot of local businesses will be very quick to jump in and compensate certain BYU student-athletes for their names, likenesses, or images if they are able to compensate them. So we'll cover it for you. We'll have it all covered, but I do like the NCAA actually making a step in the right direction with regards to this particular issue. All right, we will step aside here, come back on the other side. And by the way, let me know what you think about this. Hit me up, Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at LockedOnCougars, or you can drop us an old school email, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys. Get your thoughts on this. Um, Let me know what you think. I think it's a very good thing that's just my take on it and hopefully the NCAA continues to let the market dictate what's going on with their student athletes versus them saying well you know what we're just going to be we're going to stick to our guns and do what we've always done it's not working it's an image problem for the NCAA I want them to actually make strides to fix that image and this is a step in the right direction so I applaud the NCAA for this hopefully beneficial legislation comes out of it at the national level all right we'll step aside here come back on the other side need to talk a little bit about BYU's APR academic progress rating when it comes to the BYU football program in particular 
dealer. Why is it so low? I, I don't have all of the answers. We'll have a, a discussion about it next. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast. Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network where, of course, it is your team every day. Thanks again for joining me, Jay Catch, your host here on the podcast. And a lot was made last week from from the annual APR ratings that are issued for each program by the NCAA. Uh, And BYU football, of course, uh, got slammed a little bit last week because out of 130 FBS programs, BYU checks in tied for 130 17th with an APR score of 946. Last year, BYU was tied for 110th with an APR score of 949, so they dropped three points this year. And it's not a great image for BYU, plain and simple. You don't want to see your name in the 100 teens out of 130 schools in the NCAA in anything. We saw them in that in the with the offense two years ago, and guess what? We have a brand new offensive coaching staff. Shocking? No? Okay. Raise your hand if you're shocked. Nope. Nobody's shocked. All right. Well, there are multiple factors that go into these APR scores because guys have to graduate. They have to stay in school. They have to make sure they're taking care of work in the classroom to get these scores up. I know a lot of Utah fans were very giddy about their APR scores scored very high. They're in the top 15, if not maybe the top, one of the top schools when it comes to the APR rankings. And that's a credit to the University of Utah for getting their student athletes through programs and graduated, most notably a sociology program. But we'll leave that there. Uh, But. BYU, there's work to be done on this front because you don't want to see your school scraping the bottom of the barrel, in essence, when it comes to these NCAA APR rankings. Currently, BYU is not in any trouble. It, it, you don't have, you have to get below a 930 to get um, any of the sanctions the NCAA can impose on this. The lowest ranked team right now is Florida State with a 936. Uh, Willie Taggart's got his work cut out for him there to raise that. But BYU currently sits above the threshold of having any NCAA sanctions taken against them. But you don't want to see yourself drop in the rankings like they saw drop from 2018 to 2019. We'll see if BYU is able to rectify this. I do know that missions have affected the APR scores in the past. I had somebody tell me this week that the NCAA finally put a waiver essentially in the system that if a student athlete from BYU or any other college program in the under NCAA jurisdiction goes on an LDS mission, a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it does stop their clock and that should help APR scores. I don't know that to be the gospel truth, and I know that it hasn't always been that way in the past. Uh, for a time there, it was a seven-year revolving window. So if you didn't, if you had a student athlete that didn't finish their degree in that seven-year window, and if you're a BYU student athlete and you go on a mission, that's two out of the seven years, and you take five years to graduate, you're right on the cusp of that seven years. That affected scores. That has also been revamped to a degree as well. So there are multiple factors that go into this. BYU, of course, we have their stringent academics. It's an undergraduate-focused university. It's 
cutthroat, plain and simple. I graduated from BYU, and I can tell you this much. I was a very good student in, in high school with my GPA, and my GPA suffered big time at BYU. It's not the easiest school to graduate from. They want well-rounded students coming out of that school, and I don't blame them one bit. That's, that's their prerogative. I get it. I've railed on their admission standards before, and I'll just leave that there. This is not a this is not me coming to hit on BYU when it comes to this, but there can be work done to help student athletes at BYU. I had multiple friends while I was at BYU who were uh, tutors uh, for BYU student athletes, and there's also part of this that has to be cast upon the student athletes at BYU because there was one notable student athlete. And if I were to reveal his name. You would know exactly who I was talking about and would not surprise you one bit. I'm not going to do it out of respect for the student athlete, but my good friend was a, was a tutor for one of the classes he took. He walked in uh, to their first meeting as a tutor, etc., and said, here's the deal. I'm planning on going pro, pursuing the NFL. This player did not make the NFL. Well, they made a practice squad for a time, uh, but didn't make a long time in the NFL. And this is, we're talking on going on a decade ago at this point. Uh, This player uh, went in to this meeting and said, I need to get a C minus in this class. That's all I need. What do we have to do? And my friend, who was a good student at BYU, you have to be a pretty good student to be a tutor in whatever uh, program you're you're working with, whatever classes you're working with these student athletes. To be a pretty good student, almost was aghast at the fact that the student athlete walked in and said, "I need a C minus in this class." And there, there are student athletes at BYU. It was a great story on Adam Pulsifer last week. Took every advantage of his degree at BYU. Ended up with getting a master's degree in MPA pro, out of the MPA program at BYU's Marriott School of Management, uh, Master of Public Administration. He's the uh, opposite side of what I just described. He took every advantage. Went to summer school. Got two degrees. He says he's um, going to play for McKinsey. He's going to work for McKinsey and Company, one of the top consulting f- firms in the entire on the entire planet. Good for him. There are student athletes that can definitely pick it up in the classroom, plain and simple. Kalani Sitake, when he uh, cleaned house with the offensive coaching staff after the 2017 debacle, well, there was a lot of stuff that he cast upon his his players as well in the BYU football program, saying, you guys got to work in the classroom. It's a tough school to go to. There's no doubt about BYU. I'm not saying it's on the same level as Stanford or Rice or Vanderbilt. Those are elite academic institutions, but BYU, it's very much ramping up towards that type of academic reputation when it comes to the Cougars. So BYU student-athletes, football in particular, that's what we're talking about here with that 946 APR score, it's not a good look. You don't want to be 117th out of 130 teams, and actually it's only 129 because UAB wasn't a program for a couple of years, so they are currently an NA, like a not-associated number. So 117 out of 129. It's not a good look for BYU with their APR score, but there is plenty of work that can be done both at the university level. They can get more guidance counselors in there if they need to get more tutors. Granted, there are a lot of tutors. A lot of student athletes have tutors helping them a lot at BYU, plain and simple. I can, I can attest to that fact. I've seen it happen firsthand, but there's also there, there's also a part of this that goes on these student athletes, these football players. They have to work in the classroom. I understand that football takes up a lot of time, but 
You've got to take care of your business in the classroom. I, I've said it before on this podcast. I've said it in the past. Tyson Williams, Emmanuel Asupa, two of the graduate transfers coming into BYU this year, they fulfilled their end of the bargain when it came to being a graduate transfer. They got their degrees. BYU student-athletes, if you're going to get a scholarship from the university, of uh, any university in particular, we're talking about Brigham Young University right now, to play football, your your responsibility is to go there, get your degree, and move on. If it's going to play pro football, good for you. Do whatever you got to do. But it's your job to take care of work in the classroom. There's a lot that can be done on all sides to help this APR score get up. You don't want to see BYU lowly ranked. I understand that they took a beating on that on social media. It's not a great look. There can be work done. It's not going to be a perfect system with the APR for the NCAA, simply with BYU dealing with the number of missions that they do, guys going on missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They're spending two years away from the game and away from school. It's always going to have BYU, I think, a little lower ranked than they otherwise might be if they didn't have guys going on so many missions. And I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you guys should stop going on missions. They should just go to school. No, I'm not going to say that. I served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, and I wouldn't have traded it for the world. And I would encourage every young man to take advantage of that opportunity. Go see the world. Go do some good in the world. It's a great opportunity. But there's a lot of work that can be done by BYU to help this APR score. But also part of it falls back on these student athletes. There's, there, there's work to be done on all sides. And I feel like there's no perfect answer. So I wanted to to take a minute. I know that I don't necessarily, I'm not spewing like, well, this needs to happen. This needs to happen. I don't have the right answer. All I can say is there are multiple parties involved with getting this APR score raised, but I always feel like there's work to be done on it. BYU can raise that score a bit, but there might be some things that are out of their control and they might be might only get to, let's say, around the 50th ranked team in terms of APR, but just be simply due to the fact that some external influences and factors that they have to deal with. We'll see. Uh, I'm going to talk to some more people about this, see if I can get some more concrete answers of what BYU feels like they can do to really raise that rating. Because like I said, you don't want to be 117 out of 129 at the FBS level. You want to be up in the rankings, if at all possible. And I know that Utah, great, it burns BYU fans' ears to hear about Utah doing something positive. But, man, when they're up there, yeah, tied for eighth with a 989 APR score, man, that that's, I don't know if BYU can do that per se right away, but they should aspire to be in that top 10, if at all possible. And like I said, I'll talk to some people and see if I can get some more clarification on that. But I do feel like there's work to be done on all sides to help BYU raise that APR number. All right, we'll take a time out here. We've gone a little bit long on today's podcast, run down everything else in BYU sports next big win for BYU baseball. Also awards being handed out for BYU softball. We'll talk about all that next. Also BYU men's golf still holding strong up there in Pullman. We'll talk about all of it next right here on the Locked on Cougars podcast. Reminder for you guys, check us out on the Himalaya podcast app. Fantastic new app, new features being implemented all the time. They've got a lot of money, a lot of venture capital behind them. If you are looking for a new podcatcher, check out the Locked on Podcast Network and this podcast in particular, Locked on Cougars on the Himalaya podcast app. I used it on my way to and from California last week, and I really enjoyed the interface, how it worked. I had no issues with it. So I'd encourage you guys, if you do want to check it out, check us out on the Himalaya podcast app. More in a moment. This is Locked on Cougars. All 
right, as we close out today's edition of Locked On Cougars, thank you guys for your continued support of the show. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And a reminder, when you do get in your vehicle, tell your smart device, play podcast Locked On Cougars. We are still looking for sponsors on the podcast. If you want to be a featured sponsor here on the show, please email us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. We'd love to talk to you, kind of learn more about your brand and how we can go about helping you get your name for your company, your brand, your image, whatever you got. We can get it out there to thousands of BYU fans. We have thousands of unique downloads each and every month, and we'd love to help represent your brand if you are interested. Once again, email us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. We'd love to get you more information. Very competitive advertising rates as well. Podcasting's become very much a competitive sphere for podcasters, and the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Cougars are here to help you out if that's something you are interested in. All right, running down everything else going on in BYU sports, Rhett Rasmussen shot a 63-7 under to move into a second-place tie after the second round of the NCAA Pullman NCAA Regional. BYU men's golf remained in fourth place after round two at the Regional yesterday. It's great to see BYU keeping in lockstep with the teams ahead of them. Like we talked about yesterday, the top five teams advanced the NCAA Championships. Hopefully another good showing today by Rhett Rasmussen, Carson Lindell, Peter Quest, and the rest of their teammates can get BYU into that NCAA Championship. They've had good showings all week long. Rasmussen, 69-63. Carson Lindell, 64-70. Peter Quest, 69-69. Kelton Hirsch, 70-71. Brock Stanger, 72-69. Very consistent scoring for BYU, and that is a great sign. They've had some good weeks where guys have been very good individually. The other four scores haven't been as good. It's very good to see this. BYU, all five of their players inside the top 40 individually, that's great to see for the Cougars. So hopefully have another good showing today. Don't blow up and they can make the NCAA championships. It'd be a great accomplishment for a great year for this BYU men's golf team. Moving on to baseball, Danny uh, Gelilich, uh, he hit his first career home run last night and it was actually a grand slam. The third grand slam BYU has had in the past four games. The other two coming from Brock Hale last weekend against San Francisco. That propelled number 24 BYU baseball to a 10-3 win over rival U. Utah in the Deseret first duel Tuesday night at Smith's Ballpark. So congratulations to the BYU baseball program. They will look to lock up that regular season WCC title this weekend with a three-game set at Santa Clara. All three games will air on the W.TV and BYU radio. You'll be able to catch that. Awesome to see BYU baseball really rounding into form. I had a good friend of mine uh, text me yesterday. You're talking about BYU going to Omaha? Yes, I am. It should be the goal, and hopefully BYU can accomplish it. And I really feel like that pitching is going to lead BYU where they want to go. We'll see how it goes. Finally, three major awards handed out to BYU softball players as they earned the top awards in the West Coast Conference yesterday. Seven total players being named to all WCC teams. That was announced on Tuesday. Lexi Taro was actually named WCC Player of the Year. Kind of surprising to me that Riley Jensen didn't get this award, but Lexi Tarot had a great season in her own right. Arissa Paulson took home BYU's fourth consecutive WCC Pitcher of the Year award after redshirting a year ago to rehab an injury. She was lights out this year, also played in the field, infield a little bit at second base. Congratulations to her. And then Aaron Miklas, uh, BYU's regular second baseman, was awarded WCC Defensive Player of the Year. So congratulations to BYU Women's Softball, those three players, Lexi Tarot, 
Larissa Paulson and Aaron Miklas on those awards. Uh, like I also mentioned, seven Cougars earned all WCC honors. Five named to the all WCC first team. Marissa Chavez, Riley Jensen, Autumn Moffitt, Arissa Paulson, and Lexi Taro. On the second team, uh, Libby Sugg was on the selection. And then Tele Williams was also an all WCC honorable mention honoree. They'll be headed to the NCAA regionals in Stillwater tomorrow, facing off against host Oklahoma State. We'll talk more about that on tomorrow's podcast, but congratulations to all seven players for those awards, in particular the three winning the major awards, Lexi Taro, WCC Player of the Year, Arissa Paulson, Pitcher of the Year, and Aaron Miklas, Defensive Player of the Year. Congratulations to all three of them. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with more on BYU. A lot to get to like normal. Uh, we'll run down everything going on in BYU sports, get you ready for the regionals when it comes to uh, BYU women's softball, BYU baseball looking to lock up a WCC championship. Hopefully we have news that BYU men's golf has made the NCAA tournament. We'll get to it all tomorrow. Thanks again for joining me. I'm Jay Catcher, your host here on the podcast. Please follow us on social media. You can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch, the show on all major social media platforms at Locked On Cougars, and you can email us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Until tomorrow, Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one. This has been Locked on Cougars for May 15th, 2019.